Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, speculation, and whatever else we'll talk about today in the Marvel world of TV and film. We've got Adam, and we have Rhiannon, we have myself, I'm Caleb, and uh, we're here. We don't really know what we'll talk about, but we're here to do another episode, so how are you guys? I was giggling as you did the intro, because I'm like, the Marvel world, or lack thereof. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. If you uh, are not able to see the video, uh, I think we're, we we like show the wear of this, you know? I'm sure I look older... <laughs> Rhiannon was getting her hair ready. Adam is slowly being overcome by facial hair. Adam is a mess. No, just say a mess. That's fine. We're also we're also recording in the morning, like, and we all have bedhead. And this is my I just woke up and haven't showered. Yeah, yeah. Adam, you look good for just woke up, haven't showered. I've got this little spot that does like this, like Conan O'Brien kind of like it just like goes. This is yeah. This is a mess. I've been noticing it more and more on, you know, on Zoom calls. I look at my face more than I usually do. I'm not a bit, very vain person, so I don't like look in the mirror all the time. Yeah, I had to do performance evaluations, like, last week. And it was just so weird sitting in my pajamas, like... Trying to talk about other people's performance evaluations. <laughs> yes, yes, you need to work on your professionalism. I did, I did, you know, calm down the hair that day, but... All right, so here's what I thought we'd start with. I don't know if this is the right thing to start with. Uh, this week, the White House did give us guidelines of how they think things are going to open back up or how they should open back up, which is interesting because they don't really make the call, but they're trying to help the governors until they incite insurrection against the governors. It's really kind of been an odd, weird thing. But I want to look at what came out just to talk a little bit about when we think things might start happening with Marvel again. Cause I feel like the guidelines do give us a rough picture. It's like three phases and they talked about what could happen in those phases. Rhiannon, just as you yourself as a person, we know you speak in no official capacity. I'm <laughs> sure you've looked at those things and you have an idea. Do you feel like that sketched out better when we might start getting normal stuff back? I didn't look at whatever the White House put out. I've actually tried to... um, There's a certain level of anxiety that comes with picking up every single piece of news that comes out. So I have a few little sources that I tune into every day. There's a a daily briefing that I'm privy to. There's... um, I have some trusted friends in the medical industry that, you know, like I look at what they're saying... So I don't know what the White House said, but what I'm piecing together from what I see, I mean, what everybody has to keep in mind is we have no clue. I mean, there there are so many unknowns in this, no matter all of the experts, um, your epidemiology, your immunology, your your pandemic experts, they're all studying this and they're making very good estimates of what can happen, but we have no idea. Um, the numbers are, you know, the containment efforts are decreasing the slow of everything, but we can look at other countries and how their reopening has gone and all signs are pointing towards when we start to reopen, it's going to surge again. I mean, at some point we do have to start to reopen, but whenever we do that, it is going to surge again, dragging this on a little bit longer than anticipated. So, um, 
I don't know how that goes with what the White House said. I mean, it, basically, it was three stages. And they're, the big, to me, the piece of data on it was you want to see 14 days of decreased resource use and decreased new cases before each stage. So that would mean to go to the third stage, you would need 42 days of consecutive, you know, down steps as far as new cases and hospital usage before things could start to get normal-ish. You know, like each stage has stuff and they say you can open theaters, but you can open them if there's severe limitations on how close people can be. And See, but what are those severe limitations? You know, what's... Well, and it's confusing because like phase one was like you shouldn't have a group of 10 or more people, but you can open restaurants and theaters as long as they have severe limitations on how like how close you are. Like we already have severe limitations on restaurants. Right. You know? like, well, what? here you can't go into a restaurant. I think this is like making it so you can like eat inside a restaurant. But like, yeah, Diana. Um, but still, like the theater thing, it's like, well, which of those rules are like, okay, you said theaters are open, but does that mean only 10 people can be in a movie theater at once? You know, like if that's the case, why do you even bother opening them? I think the bigger thing is it suggested that even if everything's going great, it's a month and a half ramp up until you finally start to be able to do stuff, right? Like even by those standards, and it seems like the White House has been wanting to open faster, they're still telling us 45 days effectively, you know, of like declining cases. And I don't think we're steadily seeing declining across the board yet, you know. There's declining cases and there's declining resource use, which which I'm glad they specify those as two different things. Because like New York City actually is seeing a decline in the number of new cases. But at the same time, they're seeing an increase in the resource use. Um, but also like some areas are seeing a decline in cases because they've run out of tests and blah, blah, blah. Reopening the theaters. I've always thought that, I mean, it would be super easy for AMC just to, I, I mean, you know, like nowadays when you buy a theater ticket, you select your seat and for them just to change their seat selection algorithm. So you can only, you know, like if it's a 50% capacity, if it's a 30% capacity, seats are only available six feet apart. I mean, maybe if your family, but I don't know how that all would work. You know, like if you had a whole family and they wanted to sit together because you've been quarantined together, you have whatever each other has. Um, you know, maybe your party can get a chunk of seats that are all together, but then they close off those seats six feet apart, 10 feet apart. Even those guidelines change based on the sources you look at. You know, everybody is stuck with the six feet thing, but there's um, there's been evidence that it you know, 15 feet, you know, maybe with the intimacy of sitting in a theater for two hours, you want 15 feet between each other. I would hope that people in like the movie theater and the Broadway theater industry are looking at solutions like that. Now, I know Broadway has flat out said it's closed until at least June. There's some other theater in New York, some other, uh, the public theater has canceled everything through the summer. They've just gone ahead and said, we're not going to be able to handle that. Yeah, I think what's interesting is, I don't know, I feel like we're starting to see some signs of something trying to happen. Like the PGA has now put a couple of events on the calendar. They're not going to have any fans at them, but they're still going to let, you know, professional golfers play, which to me makes sense. You know, like if there's any game where there's not going to be too much contact. Any game that can happen at a social distance, it's golf. Golf and horseback riding. 
Yeah, I, some of my friends who've been frustrated that golfing, because like it depends on the state. You can still golf, I guess, in Rhode Island, but you can't in New Hampshire. Like, there's been different feelings on that. And all my golfer friends are like, no, we never hit our balls within a mile of each other. You know, like if we were good enough to get, you know, to be close to each other, we'd not be amateur golfers. <laughs> so, but it does seem to suggest all these movies, you know, for MCU, we're looking at November. I don't know. I feel I have hope that like Black Widow will actually happen in November, you know, but. Well, has, I mean, what happens if it doesn't? They just push everything back another day. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Let's not think that way, Adam. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, there's there's no way Sony's going to make its Spider-Man 3 date, so I don't know why they're holding on to that. I mean, maybe. Do you think they can film and put together a movie in 11 months? Well, I mean, they're having a lot of time to prep. There's a lot of time for them to... to to do stuff ahead of time to prepare that when they're able to be on set to go as fast as possible. Um, do we think movie budgets are going to come back? I mean, also all of these movies, I, you guys, I mean, Kayla, maybe not you, but Adam is definitely too young. Um, 9-11, the, the, the entertainment industry had to reshift drastically with what came out after 9-11 because of the emotions of the country and, you know, people did not want to see buildings getting blown up in 2002, you know, there was, there was a major, like the theater industry had to step back and recalibrate. And I am sure with all of these shows in development, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm watching TV and there's a bunch of people and they run up and all hug each other, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. Uh, Hmm. I had a dream, dream last night where I walked out on the street you know, where no one was wearing masks and it was weird. There's going to be some major recalibration in what they're filming and stuff. And so I wouldn't be surprised if stuff like that, you know, if Black Widow, they flat out want to go reshoot a few scenes or. Well, we talked about with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because there had been talk that there was some kind of virus storyline. And when we talked about that, I don't know, a month ago, two months ago, who knows what time is anymore, but we talked about that at the beginning of all this mess and we were all like, man, I don't know. That's, I don't think that'll be a, you know, whatever, like that they have that storyline as long as it's not too similar, people won't care. I don't know if that's true anymore. Like, I think that this has been traumatic enough. I think people are going to care a lot more than they would have four weeks ago about that. I still hold to what I said with that. It all depends on what the storyline is. You know, I, like, I think Morpheus with, you know, him using a drug to heal himself and all of that. I think that will still fly. But you're right, Rhiannon. Like, we've been watching, uh, I'm trying to think of examples, but like, we were, we've been watching Parks and Rec. There's, there's just little things. Like, even like, they had a government shutdown, so none of them were allowed to go to the office. And it was like... Oh, geez, that feels different. Like, you know, like the idea of you can't go to the office and you just want to work and be normal. Like it emotionally hit in a way it wouldn't have a month and a half ago if we had watched that episode. And so I do think there'll be some necessary recalibration for what's going on. Speaking of Parks and Rec, um, you have to applaud them and The Office the Greg Daniels verse for, for remaining quality that long. Cause I've, I've been doing my community rewatch 
And man, when when that stuff drops, it drops hard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good when it's good, but yeah, and particularly as they start yeah, to like after lose season three, it's just cast members. Yeah, yeah. it's particularly not great. Um, I think the other thing that I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on the other question was they're going to start being able to film again. You know, it seems like most of their stuff's filmed in Georgia or Atlanta, so it seems like Georgia reopening is what matters, which is probably good for Disney versus L.A., because I think my guess is the the good people of Georgia are going to be more likely to open their state up than California. The governor there is like, give up until summer of 2021. We're not doing anything. (laughs) Did Georgia ever really completely close? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So it would, I mean, I would think, um, you know, I don't know. There's still some talk. There was talk this week about She-Hulk and Spider-Man and maybe still trying to hit July filming dates. It doesn't seem insane to me to think, I I mean, I don't know how many people are on a movie set at a given time to film something. Hundreds. That's, that's a big number. There's gotta be easier ways to do it though. I think on an MCU feature film, you have a hundred people on set between hair and makeup and PAs and set design and the actors and director and all of that. I I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say a hundred people there. Um, I think TV probably less. So starting production to me sounds like way more... I have way more faith that production could start in July than something being released in November because production, they can have it slated to start. And other than actors having to travel to the location and get a hotel room and stuff like that, like there's not a ton of prep. Yeah. When they do a movie release, they need theaters and enough regional, you know, and enough regions to be open they need uh to be able to do the press tour they there's so much more on the release dates but i think production could start it could start and stop with i mean maybe stopping would be a bigger danger because you lose money with that but i could see it starting with a little notice and then remaining optimistic on those dates yeah, I'm sure that procuring hotel rooms would actually be pretty easy right now. I don't, I don't think there's the hotel industry would love some some actual business. Right, right. Catering the uh, the uh, craft services folks would love. I mean, everybody would love to be back at work. I mean, I don't think I, I think there are very few people nationwide right now saying. I mean, outside of the healthcare industry, that doesn't want to get back at work, doesn't want to be working harder right now, working more, even if you are working, working more. So there's no doubt that people will be ready to be there when it's safe to do so. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we get a, um, just they start making leaner, like the whole, because you talk about all those people. I think one of the effects, we've talked about what will the world be like after we get out of all this. And I think one of them is, uh, I think more people are going to work from home, right? We've discovered the office space maybe isn't as important as we thought it is. So why pay for that overhead? And I think early on for Hollywood, it'll be smaller sets. You know, how many, how many people do we really have to have here in order to film something? And it'll be interesting to see if they start trimming back just how many people have to be around to get something shot. 
let's jump to some other things. Uh, we have an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. release date. May 27th, I think. Um, Adam, can you make any sense of why this show isn't out already? <laughs> well, I'll just guess that they wanted to do commercials or something. Um, it's about it. I mean, it is pretty... I mean, it's only five weeks away. Yeah, but five weeks away means it might be like right when people are getting to escape their homes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Maybe. That is my thought. Within at least like the comic book movie world, like our kind of sphere of influence, it would be the biggest thing in the world if it just dropped tomorrow, right? There's no new content. There's nothing else that people are excited about. Like, I just feel like they're running the risk of going from the biggest thing in people's minds to that thing that I'll get back to after I get done enjoying the outdoors again. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say it'd be the biggest thing. It's still Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, Netflix still has plenty of stuff coming out. Hulu has some stuff. Amazon has a a show they're promoting out the ass coming out next Friday. So, I mean, there's still stuff that's probably has a much more substantial reach than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I mean, comic book genre? No, just other shows. Oh, yeah. That are still probably going to get. Yeah, but I think, like, Caleb was talking, like, comic book-based content. I mean, I mean, competition from those. I mean, like, if there was another season of The Boys, I don't know when that's coming, but I assume it's in the fall. A while. I mean, you really think this quarantine is going to put, make all the MCU stands that have always said Agents of (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D. is not canon? You think that's going to force them to watch S.H.I.E.L.D.? Probably not. Maybe. Now is the time. Iron Fist was trending on Netflix, Adam. Similarly, ABC did, like, what, this Disney sing-along show on Tuesday? They got 10 million Americans to watch live network television just to watch celebrities do sing-alongs of Disney songs. I think the content hunger is such. I think there's a lot of people who would who who would flock to Agents of Shield just to have something that's on, right? Like I just think the comic you know, let's put it this way, you know you'd be writing like a dozen articles per episode about like every little detail for your job, right? Like, uh, I don't know, man. Shield's not that big of a conversation piece. It's a whole new world, Adam. You never know. Mm, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's very, very likely we're all still quarantined, anyways. At least for the first episode. It's the final season. It still has. Plenty of stuff working for. I don't think it benefits super much being released now, you know, over five weeks from now when we're still all doing this. Oh, we are still not doing this in five weeks. <laughs> really? You feel that confident, I... huh? Oh, I mean, five more weeks of this. I, uh, <sighs> Rhiannon will not be sitting in her Manhattan apartment in five weeks for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How about okay. that? And I'm part of the okay. we. So, so Rhiannon, Rhiannon's going to grab her, her rifle and, you know, take to the streets with her pitchfork or whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, I plead That's the fifth. funny. I mean, we are starting to see, we've teased about like, teased or, you know, discussed seriously, like, how long will people actually put up with this? And we are starting to see signs, you know, obviously within certain corners of the political spectrum, which we may or may not personally agree with. There is starting to be some pushback of people that are just like, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't care. You know, like, let us go out and do things, you know, like, I don't know. I do worry about the American patience for quarantine. I worry about the patience of those people that were had the the neo-Nazi rally scheduled the way it was. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean... I get where you're coming from, but let's, it's, it'd be foolish not to look at the people that are doing it, you know, and, and the mindsets of, it's just, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just saying, I'm not saying I'm going to like, I mean, I don't want anybody because who knows, we might have a surge of new listeners this week. I don't want anybody to think I'm going out and like planning to protest at city hall or do anything stupid. I just, um, I'm seeing signs in my neighborhood of people being at... uh, Tension levels are rising. My fear at this point, I am no longer scared of the virus. I am now scared of the people. Which I've predicted. I mean, like, I've had, you know, people I've talked to, I've had, like, you know, my little plan of, you know, my little thought process of how this would go. And I thought I would be scared of the people much earlier. And the people have really impressed me with their lasting calm. And when I go out, it is very calm and peaceful, if not... Um, Night of the Living Dead. Um, for those follow me on Twitter, um, I posted pictures. I walked to Times Square last week. That was just weird, weird, weird. That's why I'm saying, like, there may not be mass reopenings. There may not be the theaters in full force. People may not be going to the office five days a week, six days a week, whatever. But there has to be something that allows people to relieve their stress five weeks from now. That gets people in a different situation. Thank God, um. shields coming out then. Huh? <laughs> oh. mm. At that point, I'm already like ready to throw my couch on the curb. Like I hate my couch so much right now, you guys. I hate it so much. We also heard that uh, Agent Sousa from Agents Agent Carter is going to be returning to play in Agents of Shield. Um, you know. I don't know. Does that move the needle for you? It's. I, I would have much more liked like a Dum Dum Dugan or something, but. Sousa has a fan club. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I know you guys don't hang out on the Tumblr, but Sousa's popular on the Tumblr. But if I, I remember right, this can't, this can't like wrap up the mysteries of Agent Carter because Agent Carter took place in the late forties, and this part takes place in the thirties. Is that right? Yeah, but I, I mean, they have a time traveling device, right? It's not like the series is going to end with them in 1931. That's true. You think they're just going to hop through time? Oh, yeah, I think so. It's going to be a Legends of Tomorrow type setup. Now, have, who was it that was, was it you, Adam, that was theorizing that they could create a excuse for why the, uh, why the MCU TV universe exists by creating a diverse. Well, that's a, that's been a popular fan theory forever. Um, 
I last season just completely threw through any sense of um a coherent canon out the window. You know, I mean they name dropped Thanos, right? And then they never mentioned it a single time again. Um so I mean the one of the most popular theories would be that it's in the timeline Steve Rogers created when he went back and stayed with Peggy. Um or one of the other subsequent timelines he created when he messed things up so he could get a dance with his woman um, shortly after he made out with such woman's niece. That's a very cynical way to put it. His niece? (laughs) I mean, it's disgusting. (laughs) We could talk about that for... Forever, man. That's just it's bizarre. A bizarre choice they made there. Let's talk about it. Why not? Let's talk about I mean, here's the deal. Peggy is dead. Like she literally just got buried. A lot of time has passed. It's a long time to go. Like you know, like from Steve You're Captain America and you settle on her niece? You know, from Steve's perspective... He didn't settle. There's not a woman he can be with that's not old, you know, that's not technically the age of what his grandkids should be, right? Like, there's not a not-gross romantic option for Steve, so I just think that your palate kind of opens up when you're kind of stuck in that weird situation. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> gross. <laughs> that's grosser than the alternative. I mean... Just, much is gross ah, he's already 200 years older than everyone else might as well keep it in family I mean, it's like but it's not I'm just, first of all do we actually don't ever venture into the outlander series then man do you actually know You've that got... agent 13 is like genetically related to peggy no. don't we all have i mean we've seen agent 13 in what three scenes like, we all have people that are, like, aunts or uncles in our lives, or maybe you even had somebody you called aunt or uncle that wasn't actually related to you. It was just, like, someone that was, like, a mentor to you growing up. That's probably what's going on I mean, here. or my bro- my dad's sister's husband is my uncle, and we're not blood relations. Yeah. <laughs> this should never make it onto public. Do I they? <laughs> I mean, but they have the... They have the same it's last Marvel name. It's related. They have this, uh, yeah, this, I was actually just thinking about the last name issues. That That is more problematic for the argument. All right, there's... I, uh, oh, whatever. It's not my like they actually thought My West Virginia roots, roots have no issues with this situation. <laughs> that storyline they messed up, and now we're here... Five years, six years later, or whatever it is, four years later, talk about it. I think the thing that bothers me most is that Marcus and McFeely really seem to be trying to carefully plan stuff out. And it's really even kind of impressive how there's this through line from First Avenger to Civil War to, or to Winter Soldier to Civil War to Infinity War to, you know, like they just did such a good job. And it just feels like they introduced. Sharon Carter and then built her up for two movies and then just kind of went, yeah, who cares? And just threw it out at the end, you know, like, well, that's not a kind of, that's exactly what they yeah. did. And so it's, it's, it is disappointing to me that they didn't have a better plan for that. I mean, what she's in the Falcon and the winter soldier and her story arcs about missing Steve or what? 
You know, I mean, there's no chance in hell they're going to reference that again. Oh, I think it would be hilarious to have her around in Falcon and Winter Soldier and the guys constantly just sort of like make little snide remarks about her making out with Captain America and her just kicking their butt. Oh, no, I can totally see Falcon, like the three of them having beers like in a like, I don't know, in their like hangout or while they're like on a um, surveillance or something. And like Falcon just looking at her and be like, so you kissed your aunt's boyfriend. Is that how I understand this? And she's like, it wasn't like that. And he's like, no, I, I really think it was like that. Like that, there could be a very comedic scene about all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like more than boyfriend. He went back in time to be with your aunt and live another they don't life. know that though, right? I think don't they, they know do. that from where yeah. they got the shield? No, because Falcon specifically said, do you want to tell me about her? And Cap goes, no, I don't think I will. Yeah, but he knows he she, what he did. Yeah, they know. Okay, that's interesting. Oh my god. She could... Wait. Never mind. No, I'll put it out on the table. I to make it up that, like, that Just... like, she's his own grandchild, but I would need to, like, graph stuff out or something from that. Yeah, she's not She's not Cap's grandchild. Yeah, she can't be Ant and be... Yeah. Also, it's very helpful that they have these great rules in the MCU that you can't change anything. So, like, the Sharon that he... I don't even think they believe those rules. I think man. it's true. I'm still not dead set on the, the Sharon, MCU's time travel The rules. Sharon that Cap kissed is a Sharon from a timeline in which him and Peggy never got their dance. But then he ended up in that bench in this timeline, so they broke that rule. No, he just, he's, or they're going to have to explain it. He's coming back. That's allowable. You can leave this timeline and come back to it. You just can't create butterfly effects. I mean, Steve Clock Steve is what we're saying, right? <laughs> what? Is what happened. Captain America 1 went to Earth 2, Timeline 2. While Timeline 2, Steve was still in ice. No. And said, well, she has desire, so I'm going to fill the desires while you're still frozen. It does create an interesting question of, is there two caps in the alternate reality he creates when he goes back to Peggy? Yes. There's got to be. Yeah, which would... Because there's two caps in 2014. Or 2012, whenever it was. Right, 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 right. So this cap is just frozen. Unless he went back in time, which... Oh, but that that's the thing. It couldn't... Can we transfer to one of these timelines right now? Because I think ours is one where a stone was removed and we're dealing the with the right, consequences. It really right is now. like... Just wait till the wormhole Speaking of community, it's totally the, uh, the, the timelines episode of Community, which I think yeah. was the high point of that show. It was it was pretty good. I liked it. For for Rhiannon, have you seen Community? You look perplexed by the... I, no, I've watched like two episodes. The theory is so that when you roll a dice, it opens up a die. Dice, when you roll dice, it opens up six different timelines because you have six different choices. Okay. This isn't the D&D episode, is it? No. This is the Apartment on Fire, Troy and Abed episode. I'm supposed to watch the D&D episode, I think, as my D&D homework. It's, it's all right. It's a pretty good episode. Yeah, no, the best one is the alternate timelines, because they play a board game, and they roll a die, 
and they give you the six different outcomes based on how the die lands. I want you think that's best? I don't know. I'm still partial to the Law and Order episode or uh So do they do they give you the different outcomes just like to the end of the board game or to the end of their lives? Uh for that moment in time. For like the next twenty five minutes, right? Or whatever the There's some pretty place. like far reaching like things that happen though. I feel like there's relationships that like start or don't start based on how the die falls right and then true and then evil troy and evil abed are also created as a direct result it's it's the harder i think i've laughed harder in that one than any other one just when when troy enters the apartment and it's just burning to the ground it's just i laughed yes especially uh yeah i don't want to spoil it but the whole gunshot thing and I seriously doubt I'll get around to watching commu- Well, I mean, I guess we have listeners that are maybe still listening to all of this, but... Chevy Chase gets shot in the leg and it sets off a hilarious chain reaction that's funny as hell. Alright, um, other little MCU things. Um, apparently they've been talking to directors, so John Krasinski has been talking to them. There's rumors that Joss Whedon was talking to them about a Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, that was exactly my thought. Isn't that... I don't know, like... Joss Whedon isn't a Me Too guy, but he kind of is, isn't he? Like, isn't he just kind of gross? There's been suggestions. There's been stuff. Isn't he responsible for Hawkeye living on a farm in Iowa? There's been stuff. No, that's like Stan Lee that's responsible for that. Put some respect on that name. What? Who created Hawkeye? Hawkeye in the comics did not live on a farm in Iowa. Yeah, that's Ultimate um, Hawkeye that got you, got you there. Early on, kind of, when he wasn't on the carnival with Barney. He was born in Waterloo, Iowa, I swear to God. Born, yes. Lived in New York Where City. do you think Waterloo is? It's, I mean, it's not a farm person. Well, to you, too, it's a farm. Oh, born. my bad. Waverly, Iowa, which is Born. Farm. Then he ran off with the circus. And then he lived in New York City like a proper superhero. <laughs> like yeah, proper. when he got to, like, the, his 30s. Because you can't be a real superhero and live in Iowa. <laughs> what you're saying. There's just oh, not enough crime. Not enough crime to take your bow and arrow to Iowa. Yeah, so, let me remember. Oh, Josh Whedon. So, like... <laughs> You know, like, I get the sense that, like, he never did anything illegal, but also, like, I don't know, that he's constantly hitting on 22-year-old women that are trying to try out for parts, and, like, it gets kind of weird and gross when he's your boss, or you're trying to get him to, like, give you a role. I don't know. I I think he's one of those that, like, people have brought up issues where he's problematic, but nothing that, that, I don't, that's duck trying to remember what the joss whedon drama was well it was over his ex-wife yeah she like put out this big expose about like the dozens of times that he cheated on her and then she mentioned that it was often people on set which then brought in questions about like you know like again when you're the boss and you get into a relationship with someone who works under you, so to speak. And I, you know, I'm sorry for any entendre that's there. You know, like. <laughs> that was really good, Tumble Entendre, though. Um, yeah. So anyway, so it was Josh. I mean, if I was trying to go of who people these days are fond of, John Krasinski is going to win every time over Joss Whedon. 
because John Krasinski is winning quarantine right now. Who can make the best movie? Um, there again, John Krasinski's the type they've been going for recently. You know, he's been making these indie films. He's been taking risks and, um, you know, doing unusual things. And that's, again, what Marvel's been going for. So I'm interested from you two. So, you know, Joss, they said, was there for Fantastic Four. There's been rumors that Peyton Reed could be in line for a Fantastic Four. If you had to pick between a weed, you know, given your feelings on Ant-Man and the Wasp, if you had to have a Peyton Reed Fantastic Four or a Joss Whedon Fantastic Four, which would you rather have? Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed. Yeah, and that's from two people that don't love the last thing that Peyton Reed made. So, like, I just can't imagine Marvel. But he, no, I, oh. Did Peyton Reed make Ant-Man and the Wasp, or didn't he do Ant-Man? Okay, Ant-Man and the Wasp. He's going to be the first director with a proper trilogy, right? Nah, John Watts. Mm, Oh, that's right, yeah. Ant-Man 3's not dated yet, is he? No, Ant-Man 3 doesn't have a date yet. John Watts. I was going to say, but what happens if Spider-Man's delayed? But then that doesn't matter. I'm not too worried about Spider-Man being delayed. Sony makes stuff so fast. I don't know if you remember, but Venom was only announced like 18 months before it came out. Like they announced it in March before its October release date. So I guess, you know, 19 months. They'd like turn that thing around so fast. You are using Venom to defend a point. That Sony makes things quickly, yeah. Also, Venom 2 is still scheduled for October, but it may or may not be done filming. So It's funny because when they first moved Fantastic, uh, Fantastic uh, Fast and Furious 9 a whole year back, I was like, come on, guys, that's a bit much. And now it's like, oh, no, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> and that's the thing. You guys are... You guys are saying stuff about S.H.I.E.L.D. on May 27th, and they're canceling... San Diego, which is practically in August. But San Diego is 100,000 people coming into a tiny space at the same time. S.H.I.E.L.D. is people sitting at home continually watching television. Um, what about all the S.H.I.E.L.D. watch parties that were supposed to take place? You know, I Zoom is a thing now. You know, the watch parties all happen on Twitter anyways. Come on, Adam. Get with 2006. We wanted to um, we wanted to talk about San Diego. Rhiannon, are you devastated that it's gone? Or I mean, so I wasn't going. Oh, okay. I I, I kind of feel responsible for this universe because so far there were a bunch of things this year I was planning on sort of having a light year, not doing a whole lot. I didn't get tickets to San Diego. I had no big trips planned this spring and into the summer. Um, so on a personal level, like it doesn't change my summer plans any. Um, but I was a little bit devastated because I feel like that, that was just sort of a lot of hope for a lot of, well, I, I hoped they were going to try to do a, light version 
so here here was if if I was on the SDCC committee, here is how I would have proposed like a going forward is offer refunds now. You know, you know, you live in a country that will not allow airfare to the United States. You want to go ahead and get a refund for your ticket. We'll do it. And just see how many people outright return their tickets and see what your numbers are at that point. You know, are you left with 10,000 people with tickets? Are you left with 80,000 people with tickets for it? And then see what kind of convention you could put around that. Obviously, the people behind the scenes looked at the numbers. They looked at the information. They talked to local officials. This is devastating for San Diego. The city of San Diego's budget completely depends on all of the business during Comic-Con. They uh, For San Diego, they also canceled um, Pride, which is, I think, two weeks earlier, a week or two before Comic-Con. Between those two events being completely canceled, they canceled both of them this past week. Uh, and this is, I have connections with San Diego um, uh, restaurant industry. I have some friends there that work in the restaurant industry. And they're just, it's going to be devastating for the city, like how they will cover their municipal, bu- municipal budget at all. So I have no doubt that this decision, um, that there were a lot of players in making this decision and that it's a big deal. Um, I, I, I'm shocked that they just outright canceled. Um, I mean, I know they sort of had to this far ahead. I'm sure that also, uh, they're big players. I'm sure they talk to Marvel and DC and Warner brothers and Sony and, and everybody that would have been there and probably, you know, got a feel of what it would have actually been had they tried to go forward. Um, I imagine a lot of those companies are struggling right now and don't have the funds to go and set up big offsites and big uh, stuff inside. Um, so I think it's a sad milestone. And, you know, I feel like I, I tweeted yesterday that I feel like there's been like a series of cancellation milestones that like sort of hit me hard. Um, and yesterday there were a lot. There was a lot that got canceled yesterday. And I, I think the symbolic nature of it being, um, the symbolic nature of them canceling Comic-Con is a big deal. Yeah, I, I think the governor of California probably had a big role in that as well. Because, you know, there's, it's just, sometimes you just try to read the officials and read how people are acting. And so I know, like, the sports world, there's been lots of talks about when can we open sports back up, when can we open without fans, when can we open with fans. And there have been governors of states like Arizona, and they've been talking about this all the time on sports radio around here. The governor of Arizona, when asked about baseball, was like, hey, I'd really like to make that happen. I don't know how how long it's going to take. We don't know how it's going to look. But we, you know, we really want to push to try to help baseball return here in Phoenix, right? And then you talk to the governor of California, he goes, frankly, I think it's ridiculous to think about any public gatherings until 2021. I think they actually weren't saying that dissimilar things because, you know, the governor of Arizona was saying, let's see, let's see what it looks like. Let's see if we can have fans or not. And what the governor of California was saying was, no, you can't have 80,000 people in a stadium anytime this calendar year. And I don't know if those are disagreeing even, but it's like, 
it's the way you say it, though. The governor of California was so dismissive so quickly. If I'm in the San Diego committee, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, no matter what we try to do, the governor's just going to shut us down anyways because he's clearly, like, he's signaling to the community that he doesn't want to make stuff happen until it's totally all clear. You know, like, I think those things make a big difference in how those that's all perceived. Absolutely. I mean, I could do a whole other podcast of how I feel in a crisis, the way you communicate is far more important than the actual words you're saying. Um, people can talk about how they don't like politicians and they don't want people to tell them what they want to hear and they don't like all of this. But yes, in those situations, you could have the same end goal and same stuff in mind and the way you communicate it makes a huge difference in how people feel and the mindset and the economic impact and the decisions that are made. But I am sure the governor, you know, I'm sure San Diego talked to the governor. I am sure Comic-Con International has been in contact with everybody. I am sure, um, you know, I'm sure they were looked at the airport and all of, all of the infrastructure at this point, I'm very curious what Comic-Con 2021 is going to look like. I mean, I think all of this, I think, I think cons as we know it are going to change drastically. But they were already like cesspools for disease. Disgusting and gross. <laughs> yeah. But I like, and I, I posted this on Twitter yesterday. I, I'm holding out hope for New York Comic-Con. I, I think October in New York City, I mean, I think it will be very different. They haven't even put tickets on sale. They normally do that in May. So we're about to see what and if that's going to be. But because I feel like all of these other cancellations have been a result of me not planning to go to anything, I am totally planning to go to New York City. And to make that official, I, I am going to go ahead and start planning the rooftop party. Okay. <laughs> Um, you know, last year I did the big rooftop party and it was possibly just the greatest party ever at New York Comic Con. Um, definitely the greatest one I've ever been to. So I'm going to go ahead and see if I can secure the venue and just make that a plan so that it will end all of this crap we're going through and stuff can reopen. If I can do that for the people, I will do that. Yeah, I got all the uh, government money for having so many children the other day, so I'll be able to probably buy a ticket and just come on down. <laughs> there you go, Caleb. You, yeah. My government money got lost. <laughs> I don't know where it is. But... Adam, if you're Kevin Feige and you're thinking about like Comic-Con and trying to announce dates and stuff, I would like, I don't know, when would you feel comfortable possibly trying to reset up the slate? Wouldn't you kind of need some stuff to be, some cameras to be rolling again? I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, San Diego is huge because, I mean, it's just going to keep going. I mean, Reed Pop rescheduled Emerald City from March, was it? to August, like shortly right after San Diego. So I would guess that's probably just going to get pulled from the schedule altogether. Um, I mean, August at the earliest, right? September. I mean, it's very possible. Charles Murphy's report of them picking production back up in September is going to be what happens. Um, 
hopefully got the, hopefully they got the Black Widow reshoots out of the way. You know, they were filming some in mid February. I just had this mental picture of there being like little cuts into Black Widow where it suddenly looks like we're in ScarJo's living room on Zoom. Right. <laughs> She's got the yeah. the Zoom like green screen effect, but it's really bad, you yeah. know, because it's not real clean. <laughs> I don't know, man. Colin Jost just did Saturday Night Live from their, I would assume, their house because it was much fancier than his other castmates. Um, so maybe, maybe it's going to be high quality. They're still together, right? Or have they broken off? As far as I know. I mean, everyone else was clearly in like a New York apartment while Colin Jost was in this sprawling house. So I don't... The one thing on the Marvel front is I'm surprised at the lack of what they've done. I mean, Disney's hurting. I'm surprised they haven't monetized something. I know you've talked about a virtual convention or or something like this. I'm just surprised they haven't really. They teased. They say Marvel fans, you know, stayed through the post credits, which just launched a whole spec. You had Scooper saying, "Oh, the Eternals trailer's coming," you know, and then it was uh, the thank you video for your dance long thing you mentioned. The danger for Feige, right, is like. You do not want to get in the business of you announce. Okay, so now here's our rescheduled, you know, our, our rejig schedule. Oh, coronavirus went three months longer than we thought. Now we have to rejig it again. Like, see, that's that's the I. I'm just assuming it's going to be delayed again. Um, I'd be very surprised if everything on the release slate meets its current schedule. Because what's supposed to be February? Well, Eternal, yeah, Eternals hasn't had reshoots yet. There's no way they're going to release Eternals with what they have now. Um, certainly not after Kevin Feige says most of the movies are made in reshoots. Yeah, I mean, I think, though, I don't think it's unreasonable to think they'd start filming again by September, October. So, I mean, at that point, you've, you've got time. You do reshoots for a couple of months and you still have two or three months to do post-production. If they do October, that would give them seven months to do everything for Shang-Chi. Right? Or Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange? No, Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi's the main movie now. So that that's kind of... I mean, we talked about 18 months for Venom, but I don't know about... Yeah, it all depends on how much of Shang-Chi was done, though. I mean, if they got 40 days of principal photography on it, which they should have, you know... You're a, much, you're a bigger optimist than I am. I don't think the, the current release dates... They're going to have to do something shortly. You know, if they don't fill, if they don't pick up filming um, until. And that, well, the other thing is we don't know if Falcon and Winter Soldier is ready for um, release, right? Oh, we know it's not. We know that they did not finish everything they needed. That's the thing. Do they release the first half? Do they release it like television in hopes of picking that up? No, I mean, I think they'll just push it. They'll just push it back. I think, yeah. I mean, I think everything's pushed back, and we all understand that. I think what's interesting is when does Feige feel comfortable enough that we're back to normal that he can announce? Because I don't think there's any reason to announce a Falcon and Winter Soldier decision. We don't know when the release date is now, so, like, we just wait, you know? I think it would be a mistake going back to the Comic-Con. It would be a mistake for them to try to reveal a slate right now that they're then just going to have to change. 
So it wouldn't surprise me if it's. I wouldn't release a, a slate per se. I would re- well maybe a development schedule or a, a slate in that sense. Nothing with release dates or even time frames, but a bunch of what they did with Blade. Hey, here's who we cast as Moon Knight, or here's who we cast as She-Hulk, or hey, Young Avengers is coming sometime, or New Avengers is coming sometime, or Secret Invasion's coming sometime, or holy hell, here's the Russo Brothers Secret Wars movie. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think if you're Feige, to me, you wait till October or sometime. You just wait till everything's back under your feet, you know? What do you think, Rhiannon? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of them releasing details, like give us something to get us excited. They don't even know what their budget's going to... I mean, who knows what's going on behind the scenes there? You know, is Disney going to be able to afford to make these movies as quickly as they were talking? I was just thinking the other day, like, you know, a year ago, we were like, Disney can just buy whatever the heck they want. But three weeks ago, there were rumors that Apple was going to buy Disney or some crap like that. I think there's a lot of stuff up in the air right now. Feige doesn't like to announce things that will later change. Um, I would like, I mean, I do like just content of some sort would be great. You know, give us, I don't know if you guys have watched any of the Joe Casada. He's done his little like morning warm up live feeds and they've been, some of those have been fun. Um, do some stuff like that on the Marvel Studios side. You know, let Taika Waititi just do a live fireside chat with everybody for a little bit. Um, give us some random content like that to keep us going. Yeah, I don't know if you saw Lucasfilm is going to put out a, like, I forget if it's four or eight episode documentary about yeah. the production and release of The Mandalorian. Yeah. I... That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I hope that at least six episodes of it are just Baby Yoda. Uh, only other MCU thing I saw, uh, I think John Watts confirmed that the third Spider-Man movie is going to have home in the title, which, I don't know, we all expect it. I don't think that's really news, but... I did like... Oh, there there were some interesting responses to that. It's a, it's a coronavirus movie called Spider-Man Stay Home. I've enjoyed that. <laughs> and there was one that was like... Who's who da ho? Me. Like, it technically has a home in the title. <laughs> All right. Is there any other MCU news I've missed? Not worth repeating. There's the rumor mongers are out there, man. Oh, Daredevil. Is that what you're talking about? Okay. <laughs> I know you're thinking it. It's probably in your Discord chat blowing up. <laughs> oh, no. My Discord chat knows better. See <laughs> Daredevil folks know better than to trust certain sources. Allegedly, a production manager shared an image of Daredevil on Instagram and said that he had already reverted to Net or Marvel ahead of schedule. Uh, but now the Instagram's private and it's deleted. And the only two to have picked it up so far, we got this covered. And Manabite. If it is true, he should have deleted the image because he's probably violating. Like it was probably a down. Oh yeah, he's done. Yeah, he it was no a has a job. thing that they're do- working on, and that he's violating the understanding by revealing that they're talking about it. 
my my understanding is this person does that a lot. This particular person associated with Marvel leaks stuff this way a lot. And for those with their ticker at home, like the Daredevil rights expire in like November. So this wouldn't be far ahead of schedule. But yeah, whatever. Why would why would Disney in their crash strapped current state We gotta get Daredevil and, back? And their pile of X-Men and Fantastic Four and all of that put forth ten dollars to get Daredevil back right now. Like I want to believe it more than anybody, and I am just no. But that money could have come from Sony as well. Perhaps that was one of the, uh, um, what do you call it, addendums to the new Sony deal. That Sony had to foot the bill to, so that Matt could be, I mean, Dare, you have to have Daredevil and Spider-Man. If Daredevil's in, regardless of legal issues, right? I mean, you just you just got to kind of have them. I, if you could have a Jessica Jones series in the Netflix MCU where she has legal problems and Daredevil never shows his face, which up until Defenders they did, then you can darn right have this kid from Queens having legal issues with no Daredevil sightings. Like, absolutely. I have never... Well, but I think that is a lovely theory. I love the idea of Sony paying to get Daredevil so that they can have it in the third Spider-Man movie. And I also think that cough I had in November was coronavirus. I'm suspicious that this the the virus thing makes it even less likely that Marvel is rushing to get to Daredevil. Because production's canceled now for stuff. So, like, now why pay to speed up something that you've got to wait for anyways, right? Like, Exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, they have they have this whole slate that's delayed. They have their pile of Fantastic Four and X-Men and all of these characters they can dig into that they already own. I, I love Maddie Matt. I would love to see Daredevil come back as soon as possible. But I, unless, I mean, I, I like the Sony idea that maybe Sony paid for it to get him in there. But... I'm not holding my breath. All right. Let's, uh, we'll hit the uh, mailbag here quickly. Uh, Dave was giving us ideas for things we could do a show about, which was nice. Uh, he suggested I could do one of religion in the MCU or comics or let my kids review an MCU film. Uh, there is a podcast about daredevil and Catholicism that I was on with AP Marvel. If you want to look that up, Dave. Uh, Rhiannon uh, could chat with Chris Brewster or should discuss the Save Daredevil campaign. Adam could take a deep dive into some obscure characters. Uh, so those are some ideas. Another idea, what if uh, we could discuss more outlandish rumors we've heard or discuss how the MC could change if decisions had been different. Um, the buck stops here. If we could recast one person in front of the camera or place someone behind it, who would it be? Uh, given that Scott Buck would be the one that everyone would have said behind the camera. Uh, uh, how to frame your dragon. <laughs> Different ways that shows his skirted budget restrictions. So anyways, those are all interesting. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Love Waffle said he feels like it's weird they haven't uh, rescheduled Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 yet. Uh, 
there was news this week that James Gunn was asked about Suicide Squad and Guardians 3, and he said neither should be affected by this budget thing, or by the virus, which seems to suggest that James was not planning for Guardians 3 to happen until at least 2023. Right. Is that how you read that? So. And the Suicide Squad is like crazy late anyway, so there's no, no real need to delay that. If they delay in, what, August 2021, September, a fall 2020 movie, that's, that's going to raise a bunch of problems. And then Preto mentioned uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is about to come out, and apparently Hellstrom got wrapped just before the virus. So we are now in this weird place where Jeff Loeb projects are the only functioning Marvel projects right now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought was brilliant. And Adam claims that Jeff is like in a bunker somewhere, not responding to any press inquiries. Oh, no doubt. I'm pretty sure he's long gone. I don't think he... I just would like a sign of life. I would like to know that Jeff Loeb is alive and okay right now. We should have a Jeff Loeb. We forget like Marvel Con. We just should need Jeff Jeff Loeb Con. Just a big Zoom webinar of Jeff Loeb announcing Hellstrom. Everybody would be better if we had a Jeff Loeb chant. He would just be like, get well, He would chant the virus away. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. He, well, I would, I'd love to see the Zoom chant. I don't know if you guys have tried. I have had reasons for people to try to like all talk together on a Zoom. Mm-hmm. So like very early on, I was in a context where someone was like, hey, let's try to recite the Lord's Prayer together. Which is a thing that Christians do, you know. Uh, on Zoom, it sucks because, I mean, the prayer is fine, but, you know, like the uh, the delay is just <laughs> terrible. Like you, you don't say it all together. You get like 14 different entrances because like everybody's lag is a little bit different on the call. Given that experience, the idea of a Jeff Loeb Zoom with like 50 people or Jeff Loeb chant on Zoom where he's like, all right, everybody say Hellstrom. Hulu, and it'd be like, blah, 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 you know, like it would be, it'd be terrible. So I had my, we had, this is somewhat related. We had a uh, family reunion on Zoom last week and I tried to like hook my computer up to my Bluetooth speaker and put it in the window so that at seven o'clock, cause seven o'clock every night, New Yorkers have been cheering for the healthcare workers and I tried to get them to cheer for the healthcare workers through the Zoom it didn't work, but I tried. Yeah, the Zoom lag thing is a real, real son of a gun. Do you guys think Golden Corrals are ever going to open again? Yes. Yes. Do you know how much people love their Golden Corral? They're priced still open right now, aren't they? You realize you have to have a million dollars cash money to open a Golden Corral franchise? You like, really? they are that profitable. Well, let's do a GoFundMe or something. Sort of like Chick-fil-A, man. Chick-fil-A is, I think, the most profitable fast food place. Did you just compare Golden Corral to Chick-fil-A? As far as profitability. I think it's an accurate representation. What they both do is they provide a place that parents could take their children and get a meal for cheap, and they make it easy for as easy for the parents as they can. Chick-fil-A is weird because it's really expensive to get into, but apparently it's like the most profitable per franchise like fast food place but they also only let you have one 
Um, so it's a very different kind of deal where like people who own McDonald's, if you own one, you usually own like right. eight because the profitability of McDonald's is owning a bunch of them. Whereas for Chick-fil-A, it's like you own one and that's the, the moneymaker. I will say uh, Golden Corral rolls are better than anything on Chick-fil-A's menu. Golden Corral rolls? Yeah, the yeast hmm. rolls. I've only eaten there like the buttery once or twice. yeast rolls. When I was a kid, it was always Ponderosa. That was the that was the buffet place. Was Ponderosa. Ponderosa. We had Bonanza. We had another place. It was a buffet, and it was a steakhouse, but it wasn't Ponderosa or Golden Corral. Sizzler. Uh, Sizzler. You have a Sizzler. I don't think it was Sizzler, but it was like Sizzler. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite Anthony Bourdain bits was when he got taken to the Sizzler in L.A. My favorite is when he went to Waffle House. Bourdain loved Waffle House. That's what Waffle House better come back. I think Waffle House will rebound. Guilty, guilty. Is there a GoFundMe for Waffle House staying in business? Because I'll go contribute to that. (laughs) That's funny. Uh All right. right. You guys ready to wrap? Uh huh. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Um, all the usual stuff. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>